0: Rock Files on 94.3 The Drive. Winnipeg's Classic Rock. Kelly Parker with 94.3 The Drive Music Director, Mike Young. Hi, Kelly. Okay, now each day at the beginning of the day, you usually share with me potential stories that we could talk about on the show, we go back and forth. I figured we'd start off this one with the little note you had over this first story. And I quote, interesting because until today I thought Don McLean was dead. (laughs) I think that says a lot about this whole story.
1: Yes, because Don McLean, for the first time in classic rock Files history, is a part of the show.
0: And he's not a part of the show for a good reason. A, he is still alive, so he didn't die. Keep in mind, Don McLean is famous because of a song he
1: wrote 49 years ago.
0: Yes. And the hook, Bye Bye Miss American Pie, right? Yes. You can't get it out of your head, which makes it ironic. It's what called he had an earworm. It's an earworm, is what it is. Okay, so American Pie. Most famous for that. Some other great songs. Um, was it Vincent's song about Vincent Van Gogh? Beautiful. Again, tune.
1: you're asking me, okay. and I thought he was dead. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Now, he's become increasingly disinterested in modern music, quote unquote, modern music. He gave an interview recently, says today's music is so bad that it doesn't exist in part because we're living in a nihilistic society right now. This is the interview equivalent of him standing on his front lawn yelling at clouds. But it goes on and it gets better.
1: Yeah, he said uh, politics in music no longer really mean anything. No one believes in anything. No one likes anything. No one has any respect for anything much, and the music shows that. Now, as a point, I'll agree with what he's saying there. Yeah. As far as the Gen Z, and I mean, I'm a part of the millennial group at the very tail end of it. Yeah. But I agree with no one believes in anything. No one likes anything. No one has anything any respect for anything. Yeah. Including, agree with apparently, that. Don McLean. I mean, someone's got to put it out there. <laughs>
0: He was asked in the interview if he was referring to quote-unquote modern songs he heard on the radio or if he thought music as a whole had deteriorated. Now, here's what he said. He said, it doesn't exist as far as I can see. Music is not on the radio. Mm -hmm. There's some form of music like sound, but it's not music to me. There used to be a show called Name That Tune back in the 1950s. 70 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. And by the fourth note, they would say, oh, that's Strangers in the Night. Okay. There's nothing on the radio you can name in 20 notes Almost.
1: Yeah, he said most of the pop stars and rock bands you hear on the radio don't know how to write a melody. He said they have a couple little hooks stitched together with some riffs. A lot of riffs. They're very cool and their records are great, but they're not melodies.
0: Can I just stop you right there? They have a couple little hooks stitched together with some riffs. A lot of riffs. Yes, they do. That's what we want. That's the non-existent music he's talking about. Okay, carry on.
1: He said there are rare exceptions to that. They're Paul McCartney and Paul Simon. <laughs> Those
0: are the two. <laughs> again, 45 years ago, they were at their peak. Okay.
1: But he, he was probably uh, highlighted in this interview by explaining that what it is that makes today's charting singles so bad. And he says, It's notes repeated over and over again with a chorus that's done over and over until it's drummed into your head or makes you want to hang yourself. And going back to your original point when we started this, this is the guy who wrote American Pie. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is rich so i guess uh what have we learned well uh don McLean's still alive yeah that's number one yeah screaming at clouds uh somebody wanted to interview him and thinks that music is not music because he doesn't like little hooks stitched together with some riffs a lot of riffs very cool and the records are great not his thing no that's not his thing you know what he reminds me of and he
1: kind of looks like him i watched a little bit of this interview yeah he kind of looks like neil young does but he reminds me of the this old timey View of the world that Neil yeah. Young has as well when he like comes out and says things like, music sounds the best when it's coming out of the AM radio. Yeah. <laughs> Do you even have ears, Neil? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another thing I want to point out is he's nobody should be doing interviews wearing shades. Least of all him, and I don't. And let, think or if
1: your name's Roy Orbison, also Roy Orbison,
0: <laughs> and Stevie Wonder, it's yeah, okay too. That's right, it is. This, that's the only two that get a pass. And you know who he looks like, and looks shouldn't matter. But you know what? We're taking shots back at him, like he took a shot at everything else. Looks like an old Sam Kinison.
1: Is Sam Kinison still alive? No. Okay, that's what I thought. I didn't want to assume like I'd previously done with Don McClain.
0: And by the way, his rant here sounds like something Sam Kinison would say. Well, Makes it's no sense classic and old by, man yells at Clown. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Suffice it to say, we do not agree with Don McClain. Okay, so we've established long ago, what a big Pink Floyd guy I am, right? I love other bands as well. Big Rush guy, big... I love all these bands, but top of the list for me, Pink Floyd, right? Yes. Okay, Pink Floyd has put out more than one box set. I would like to point out, I have never bought a box set at this point. Even a Pink Floyd box set, there are just too many, and it just seems to me like you just throw... It's like a big garbage can. You just throw everything you've ever done, outtakes and all this stuff, into a garbage can. You throw in a book in there, and then you sell it for a lot of money. I don't mind Iggy Pop, but this This one, perfect example of that. I don't know that we need that.
1: Iggy Pop's doing a box set, yeah. And here's some background information to catch people up. Thank you. Uh, it, this is a box set chronicling the time he was living and recording in Berlin with David Bowie. Uh, it's called the Bowie Years, which is a good name.
0: Yeah, can symb- argue symbolizing with that? <laughs> what it
1: is? Sure. Uh, it's got remastered versions of their two collaborative albums, The Idiot and Lust for Life, two mm-hmm. great records. Yep. The live album TVI, uh, some outtakes, some alternate mixes, and a uh, forty-page book. There's also three live albums included from no- March of 1977. Uh, one from London, one from Cleveland, one from Chicago. And the forty-page book. Like often when you say a forty-page book, well, you, you imagine a little. CD booklet and you can yeah. swim through it but sure, yeah. they've included pictures of this whole box set mm-hmm. and uh, it's actually like really cool looking and the the artwork is great and the booklet actually seems like to be an actual hard bound book the book actually has contributions of every musician who played on the albums as well as other musicians who these albums influenced okay. so they really went into the the archives and found out who to interview and talk to people who were influenced by this work. Okay. Um, due out May 29th, uh, seven discs all together but there is a smaller two disc version.
0: And I, See, you know, I'd go for the two disc version and I don't need the book.
1: Just the remastered version of the albums. I feel like that. Albums. I
0: just feel like seven discs is, that's a lot. Especially if you're the kind of fan who's going to buy one of these things. You've got all that music already. I except th- for the outtakes. I,
1: well, I think that also the live albums are a real, yeah. you know, catch for the super fan. A box that is for the super fan. I unless it. it's particularly like a big, great hits box set then it's for someone who's like well i really want to get into pink floyd but i don't know where to start here yeah. have this box set with every song they recorded
0: yeah it's only 450 bucks that's
1: right so <laughs> it's a good place to start and finish it's got everything
0: you know what i'm going to walk back my earlier comment about box sets then because this one seems like a really good one i think i was just still riled up by don McLean.
1: that's okay you know what it's going to take us a couple of stories to come down yeah.
0: okay all right Are you a memorabilia guy? If you had unlimited money, would you buy memorabilia?
1: There'd be things that I really like that I have pieces of memorabilia from. Mm-hmm. But I think if I had the money, I would buy a couple of things that were really cool for things that I really liked. Kay. Like if I could get you've something got unlimited money,
0: what's the thing you buy it go, if it goes up for auction?
1: It would be something probably professional wrestling related or Ghostbusters the movie related. To hmm. get like the sign that was hanging from the firehouse, which I've seen in person oh, at okay. the firehouse. Cool. They have it inside the firehouse in New York, right? Where they used it as the facade for the movie. Okay, you know, and have that in my Great. house somewhere. That would be a really cool thing to have.
0: And wrestling, probably something from the wrong a Rousey collection?
1: You never know. Maybe like a turnbuckle pad from WrestleMania six or
0: something. You know? There you go. Okay. Just,
1: just something like that,
0: you know? So I would say you are a memorabilia guy. Ric Flair's
1: robe. How cool would it be to walk around the house in the morning with your slippers on?
0: Right, or his wig.
1: Oh, uh, he doesn't have one and well, you can tell I'm, by looking I'm, at his hair.
0: Okay. <laughs> For me, Hands down, it's David Gilmour's Black Strat, which did go up for auction last June and sold for four million dollars. Again, we're talking unlimited money here.
1: You didn't pull the trigger. You didn't. No. You didn't ask me if you could borrow a couple
0: bucks. I told you before the auction. I said my I said I'm going to go for this thing, but my budget is two thousand dollars.
1: I didn't quite make it. No,
0: no, I was out early. But you early. tried
1: at least, yeah. right? You can rest easy knowing you tried.
0: So handwritten notes that Paul McCartney made for the recording of Hey Jude sold for. Almost a million dollars at auction over the weekend. Something very cool Beatles related like that. Put that up on the wall. I'd be into that as well.
1: And the actual estimates for how much this thing was going to sell for were five times lower. Yeah, they always
0: are, though. They, they said for the Black Strat, they said it might go for a quarter million dollars. It went for four mil.
1: I think now, especially especially when you can read about these types of auctions and the want and need for people to collect is greater now than it ever has been before, mm-hmm. even though we kind of tend to think of ourselves as more of a going towards a more minimalism society. That's hoarding. only
0: in the last month.
1: Some people just want these pieces. Sure. You know, and they've got the money to do it. Yeah. yeah we talked about, you know, many pieces in the past, including, you know, that Wu-Tang Clan album that that criminal yeah. guy <laughs> owns the one copy of and spent millions of dollars on it. But this is a is a really cool, you know, obviously one-of-a-kind piece that Paul McCartney jotted down four verses, two bridges, and used it uh, at London's Trident Studios and gave it to one of the engineers.
0: So cool. And among the other things in uh, in the auction were a bass drum head, From a Beatles concert at Cow Palace in San Francisco, 1964, $200,000. One of John Lennon's drawings done during the Bed-In for Peace. Lennon's handwritten shooting notes for the promotional film for Hello Goodbye. So just a bunch of Beatles stuff in there. But something like that for an iconic song like that, how cool would that be? I'll tell you what, just to have that in a frame up on the wall, I've got one piece of memorabilia that I consider to be memorabilia. And that is the original report from, I think, the July 6th, 1876, edition of the Manitoba Free Press with just a little blurb up in the corner saying that there had been a big attack at the Little Bighorn, and Custer and all his guys had died. I've got that original... That's some history porn right there. Exactly. I've got that in a frame at home. I found it at a flea market, and I just think it's so cool to be able to point at that and go, yeah, see right in the corner? Original report of the uh, massacre. Now, that normally has people uh, eyes glazing over, but I like it.
1: That's not how you get chicks, Kelly. No,
0: no, (laughs) it's not. But something like that up on the wall That would be a conversation piece. Now, you don't
1: invite someone back to your house for a nightcap and lead with that. Yeah. That's a morning after type of reveal.
0: Right after you've run out of things to talk (laughs) about. Yeah. But something like the handwritten notes for Hey Jude from the studio session. See, that would be a conversation piece. Finally here. The album Eddie Money planned to release before he died in September is finally going to arrive later on this week.
1: Yeah. April 17th, it will come out and uh, it's called Brand New Day. Uh, The uh, press release states that we could all use a brand new day right about now excited to announce the new music will be available on all digital platforms friday Um, It's his first collection of original material and obviously his last collection of original material since 99's Ready Eddie. So this was a long time coming. Sure. 1999 being the last record. And he unveiled the title track in May 2019. So this has been simmering for a while now. You might recall, if you're a big Eddie Money fan, he released an album in 2007, but that was uh, all cover songs. So this is the last we'll get from Eddie Money unless we find ourselves with a box set years from now with a whole bunch of archive stuff we've never heard before.
0: Can't wait. So the song is Brand New Day. Title track from the album. It's kind of sad when you listen to it. It's all about the friends that he's lost and the pain he's gone through. But then the second half of the song, it starts to pick up. Here's how it picks up, lyrically at least. I, took page, I had kids of my own. Of church, hey, hey, I'm feeling okay.
1: Hey, hey, it's a brand new day.
0: kind of uplifting from uh, Eddie Money and uh, it's tough kind of to watch the video because the video is, it's some live performance uh, footage, but a lot of stuff with his family and of course it's poignant now that he's passed.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, talking about people that he has known that has, have passed on and people that he's lost in his life. Mm-hmm. It's often hard to listen to albums released posthumously from artists because the meanings to the songs that they've written have all changed. Right. Um, you don't get to listen to it in the means that they originally envisioned when they wrote these songs, them Mm. being alive and healthy. uh, The songs would be imagined and interpreted many different ways. So Mm -hmm. we get a look at this, uh, having lost Eddie Money in September, and um, I'm looking forward to just taking a spin through it when it's released on April 17th.
0: That is The Classic Rock Files, 94.3 The Drive Music Director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.